listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is April. I'm Daniel. And I'm Tyler. And we've got a full episode for you today. We are going to be reviewing The King of Staten Island, The Five Bloods, and we're going to be giving our top three movies that have digits in the title. (laughs) So super random, kind of fun. Hope you stick around for that. Uh, Before we dive into our episode, though, I just want to remind everybody to check us out and follow us on our social media channels. We are on Facebook. You can just search Screeners Podcast on Twitter at ScreenersCast. And we would love to hear your feedback on anything that we say. If you like it, if you hate it, all press is good press, right? So we want to hear from you. Well, Um, I mean, more on the good (laughs) stuff than the bad. We would prefer the good stuff, yes. Yeah, I mean. We would, but, you know, But constructive criticism, you know, we can can take it. We can take it. We can take it. Okay, let's dive in. So first, we're going to do our review of The King of Staten Island. I did not see that film yet, so... Daniel and Tyler will take it away, and then I will join y'all for Defy Bloods. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad and consistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. (laughs) I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you could tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. Judd Apatow's The King of Staten Island is the new movie we're going to be talking about today. And the IMDb description says, Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spent his days smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. Daniel, what did you think about it? Well, we've talked many times on the show before that you and I are both huge Apatow fans. Apatow. We bonded over Apatow movies in the late 2000s. It was my latter years of high school, uh, so formative years of going to R-rated movies and theaters. Um, And so I I have a lot of fond memories of Knocked Up and Funny People, Super Bad, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, um, not just the films he directed but also produced. Um, and but in the past decade, I've been I've been less impressed with Apatow movies, both his directorial films yeah. and his produced the films he's produced. Um, uh, you know, he produced The Big Sick, which is probably my favorite Apatow movie. I actually of always the forget when he produced that because it doesn't yeah. feel it feels like a return, but also right not in what he's been doing. Right, and so his as far as the films he directed, you know, Trainwreck was fine, fine, and This Is Forty is fine. Love um, This Is Forty. <laughs> Really, I really do. Uh, I don't know why. I, I need to watch it again. It has been a little while, so maybe that'll that'll fall off. But interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even think I've revisited either of those. Trainwreck or this for you. I think I've watched them both once. Trainwreck. I started again and was bored. So it's fine. Like it's not bad. No. Um, but anyway, so so going going along with that, how I've just been a little less impressed with Apatow, um, and then Pete Davidson is just a big old question mark. Yes. Um, uh, he, he impressed me in, uh, well, I wouldn't say he impressed me. He was in a movie that was, that was pretty solid, um, on Hulu called big time adolescence. Um, honestly, kind of similar vibes, uh, to this one. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I really didn't know what this movie would be at all. And I liked it. Uh, I, I really did. I liked this movie quite a bit. Um, let me get my negatives out of the way first, because I think it kind of 
uh, impacts even what I did like. Sure. Um, this movie is so long. Yes. It needs to be it 30 felt to 45 minutes shorter. Oh my gosh. Yep. We're going to review Defy Bloods next, yep. which is like 25 minutes longer. But Staten Island felt like an hour longer than Defy Bloods. It did. Um, I, I, and... This is not sometimes being overlong is minor complaint. Spoilers for my next review, uh, but it's a minor complaint that I have about *To Five Bloods*. Here, it is a massive problem. Yeah, the pacing and the length are way off, um, and it honestly blunted the impact of this film in a massive way. You, you, they should have shaved. This movie should have been so much tighter. It should have been forty-five minutes shorter easily. Yep. Um, the pacing is so off. Now that said, like you know, I already said I like this movie quite a bit. The movie is still good. Um, the last third is of the film is especially good. We're mm-hmm. not going to get into a full spoiler section, but I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the last portion of the film is where Scott's life starts to come together. Right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what you expect to happen. So, all, all of that really worked very well. It was it was charming and heartfelt. Um, the problem is that that stuff starts when you're more than an hour and forty five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Um, and and so for an hour and 45 minutes, it's just the sad sack sort of stuff, which is fine. But that's not what I want to see for the majority of the film. So, um, so yeah. So that was the pacing and the length are a massive problem. Um, something that's helpful to know going in, that this is a slight departure for Judd Apatow uh, yes. in terms of his directorial films. This isn't the typical improv, more silly comedies that he's done. This is an indie dramedy. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of dramedy you would find at Sundance, I think, And yep. um, even, though it's a, even though it's a studio project. Um, there is a solid amount of heart here. Uh, I think heart is prioritized over laughs. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. I think there are there are good, honest moments with Scott's character, um, or the character of Scott, I should say. And uh, Davidson does a good job of bringing him to life overall. Um, but the supporting cast really overshadows mm-hmm. him, to be honest. Um, he does he, he does a good job. I don't want to I don't want to diminish that. But Marissa Tomei is great as usual. Bill mm-hmm. Burr was a big surprise. So good. I thought he was very good. Yeah. But Belle Powley, for me, she oh, stole the show. She's amazing. Um, yeah. And in fact, I, I, I kind of wanted the movie to be about her character. I know. I, I, I want to see was, that spinoff of her. Yes, yeah. she, she was so much more interesting. She's ambitious. Mm-hmm. She's going places. She loves um, Staten Island. Like, that was one of those yes. things I wanted them to even follow. The movie is called King of Staten Island. Right. And I wanted it to be about Staten Island a little yeah. bit more. And, like, her... Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's, it's weird. And you know she's British, too, right? Like, right, yep, yep. She, she was in... I just saw her in the Apple TV... Uh, show um the, um the morning show and she's right. fantastic in that and then seeing her here i was like wait i think she's british right and i had to go yeah. look it up because mm-hmm. she pulls off a staten island accent like nothing right. else is great yeah so so I, I do think that she along with the rest of the supporting cast kind of overshadowed pete davidson's character both in acting and just in that kind of they were more interesting characters mm-hmm. um so so that i think was a miss as well but the movie is still enjoyable overall. The last third of this film is really charming mm-hmm. and uh, has a lot of heart. And um, the relationships that are developed there in the last part of the film really worked for me. And 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 so it ended on a very high note for sure. It ended very strongly. Um, I just wish the middle was uh, was much more strong. Um, so other than those, this, it's a film with massive problems, but it's a movie that I liked overall. It was worth the journey, and I liked it as a whole. Didn't love it, but I liked it. So there you go. Nice. Like, I, I think I, I can say I did love it. I, I really – and this is another one. I'm, I'm going to say 
something pretty similar for for the five bloods where it's a movie that you you kind of have to chew on a little bit um because it's not knocked up or or um you know, funny people. Well, it's, it's, it's more funny people than knocked up, but, um, where, where there's just lots of, you know, joke, joke, joke. And there's, mm-hmm. um, or they're, they're where they're making light of these guys who are going nowhere with their life. Um, you know, in knocked up, we've got Seth Rogen and his crew who are somehow basically living nearly rent free in this fantastic, cool house with, you know, a, a ping pong table outside and, and none of them have jobs and, and all this other stuff. And somehow they are making it work. This is a guy who's living in his mom's basement, which looks like a crack den and which is, a, which is sort of a drug den and, mm-hmm. um, and is, is a parasite on his family essentially because he's not going anywhere. Um, and whereas knocked up, that was a funny stoner comedy, you know, which haha, look at these guys who aren't going anywhere, but then they get their lives together. This one is like, oh no, that's actually what this truly looks like is a guy who is dragging the people down around him until he figures out what his life is going to be like. And, um, it's, it's really, so I, I actually liked it for that contrast and knowing where Jai Patel has come from on the surface. If you were to describe this movie to me, I, I thought it was, a, it was going to be another knocked up. Um, and I'm happy that it went, in a, a significantly more serious direction. Um, but like I said, I, I still don't under, I still don't get Pete Davidson either. I, I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't, I don't think he's terrible. Um, he certainly is overshadowed by the, by the supporting cast. Um, he's, he is, you, you sort of actively dislike him for the first, I don't know, third of the movie until you kind of figure out what's going on. Like he, he is, he, he doesn't want you. He tells you, he doesn't want you to like him. Um, you know, early on and it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's really weird. He's off putting, he's rude. He's crude. Like his mom is this, you know, very put upon nurse who's trying to support him. And he is a, he's just a jerk to her, you know, and, and there's, and to his sister played by Maude Apatow, who, by the way, I did uh, unrecognizable. Cause the last time I saw her was, I get probably, this is 40 when she was like, what, 16 or something. So, um, but, uh, um, it is so interesting that this guy, like, is is why I appreciate this movie and why I can I can maybe defend the length um, a little bit. I still I I do I think in the end agree with you, but what I think they were trying to do was was stretch out and show like this meandering life that this guy has this this mm-hmm. stuck in the mud you know why uh, well, I guess it was IMDb called it the Arrested Development Life that this guy has um, and how taxing and how how detrimental it is. And so then it's all the more better when, when the, you know, the last third where he begins to get things together. So that's sort of where I, I could defend the length. I think it doesn't fully work. Um, but I, 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 so I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's, it's a, it's an impactful, impactful movie. So, yeah. Nice. Well, so what else, what else did you, did you get out of it? I mean, is it, what's, what's the redeemable nuggets, I guess, in the midst of that, that length, what did you take out of that? Well, definitely, like I said, the, the last portion, the relationship that develops, uh, towards the end, um, as, as he sort of comes to grips a little bit more with his, with his, uh, dead father, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's really, that really worked for me. Um, I, I'm not sure Davidson had the chops to fully See, the um, succeed there or, or make that make that hit home as much as another actor might have been able to do. Mm-hmm. So so I think it would have been even more impactful, unfortunately, on another actor. And I know that that sucks because 
that's his actual story, it's, it's right? It's semi-autobiographical. So, yeah, his dad died yeah, so in 9/11. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to say. It's you know, it feels wrong to say that, but I think it's just the truth. Just because it's his actual story, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that uh, it comes across in the way that another actor might might portray it. So, uh, but but I I don't want to I don't want to harp too much on it because I think. Davidson sells the role. He has this weird blend of unlikability mm-hmm. and likability. Yeah, you can't um, hate him. You know, right? It's so right. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the last the last bit of the film is is charming enough um, to to overcompensate for some stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I'll be honest. I just didn't get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really you know you said that this is a film to chew on. I don't I you know I I don't I don't get that. I I, I didn't feel that at all. I, I I think we've seen this story so many times that yeah there are different things here. Um, but uh, you know it, this was all pretty familiar. That's why I'm not even worried about spoiling the film mm-hmm. because you know exactly how this is gonna end. It's gonna end exactly how you think it does before the movie starts. So. Right. Um, it, you know, it's got that that very that arc that we we know exactly what it is. Yeah. At the same time, I like, I do like how it ends, and and I, so I guess very minor spoilers. Like I, I won't give details, but it doesn't end. It doesn't end with him, you know, uh, like okay, knocked up, knocked up ends with um him, um you know they they have the baby and they are somehow making their life work it doesn't look like they're mm-hmm. together really but they are going to raise the baby together is what that looks like this one mm-hmm. is very much like he has he has turned into the right lane um for his life because we don't it's still like he's not really with the girl he's not really they're not like getting married or anything like that this is not a romantic comedy where they they get married in the end but it's at least like this guy isn't going to jump off a building sometime soon. Like it's, it's so I, I do appreciate that a little bit. Um, but there's some things, man, there's some things in it. Like, um, so he gets this job as a bus boy and, and there's this whole scene of there's a, there's like the, it's his uncle or his cousin is making him and the other bus boys fight for tips, like fight club style. And yeah. I was like, what is happening in all of this? Yeah. Like, what is going on? There's there's a lot of this meandering stuff that I think when it was focused on him meandering, it worked. But something like that just didn't. It was a whole extra thing that just didn't. Well, it's a tonal issue. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it blends this uh, more serious thing. Yeah, it's still, it's still got jokes and it still makes you laugh, mm-hmm. but. It's not an over-the-top sort or broad tone. But that felt but like you was trying this, to go for broad tone. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what? what is this? Mm-hmm. This doesn't match up with anything else in the whole rest of the film. Yeah. So that was that was very strange. Um, I, I kind of liked uh, some of the supporting cast. I, I, I think Moises Arias did, did a great job of um, both being funny and being a little bit of a punching bag. Yeah. Oh, but he there was in the moments... Kings of Summer. I could not think of yeah. why I knew him. Yeah. Okay. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in uh, Monos last year, which mm-hmm. is really good. Um, so, so yeah, he 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 did a really good job of being serious. You know, um, there's the when there's this uh, tattooing scene on a beach. Um, oh yeah. Where I really liked him, mm-hmm. where he just kept saying, "No, don't do that." Yeah. No, for real, don't do that. And uh, I think he brought some some good seriousness to to those scenes. So, so yeah, th- there's good stuff here. Um, I just wish the movie wasn't so freaking long. <laughs> it, it was just honestly, um, this is one of the one of the you know worst paced films that I've seen in a long time. That that sunk what could have been a really excellent movie. Honestly, like I like it overall, 
But that one element really knocked this down many, many pegs for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how that happened. I don't get how. I guess Apatow just has enough control, has enough yeah. say at this point that he can kind of do whatever he wants. Well, and he I, always, it, you know, one of the criticisms for his movies are always mm-hmm. that they're long. Um, yeah. Like, so stop doing it. Right. Well, but but I think normally it that doesn't matter. Like, I, I actually have always liked the fact that his movies are longer. I think this one, it just doesn't work because the other movies are heartwarming enough. Um they're heartwarming enough and they're funny enough to Fun, sustain funny it. Enough, yeah. You know, um, like you don't care. Like knocked up is, is stinking long. It's like, it's almost two and a half hours, isn't it? And it's, and you don't mm, care. I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. But, uh, but this one and, and another, like just, it's a stupid criticism. I, I think I've already, I might've already said it, but like, I don't, I hate it when, when titles of movies just don't work. And the King of Staten Island mm. does not work for what this is. Yeah, um, true. it just doesn't. Um, because it's, he's, it's not about Staten Island and, and he's he at never point he at no point even says the title like not that he, they need to but it's just it doesn't tonally fit with what's well, happening. It implies he's, it implies that he's the big man on in the small pool, right? It implies that he's like he's the king of Staten Island, but he's he's a small he's small in, in everywhere else, right? Sort of thing. But it's not that's not even true. Yeah, he's kind of a nobody in his own town. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's yeah. so strange. Yeah, I, I just there, there's a lot of that that just didn't work for me, but. Um, but yeah, you know, so so one thing just also about the this length that made it weirder for me. So I so I, I rent the movie right, um, and I was um, I was I was out of town this weekend, and I was uh, um, so I was at a at a hotel watching this movie, and um, uh, the internet sucked. It was so terrible, and so the last thirty minutes probably took me actually like an hour to watch. Because oh my gosh! So it made it even. It worse. was like a three-hour-long movie for me. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was so nuts because oh, I I was man. sitting there like trying to actually get this thing like to load, and so I would like let it buffer and all this other stuff, and and it was my own stupid fault that I didn't like download it to watch first, which I, I don't know if you can do with Amazon Rentals, uh, not Amazon. Was it Amazon? I don't know. I don't remember where I got it, but um, uh, anyway, so I was just sitting there for the last half hour going. I want to see this movie end, um, but I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it. It just, I couldn't watch it. And that's the best part of the whole movie. I know. I know. So in fact, like that was even what, like I was, so, maybe that's why I'm like weirdly forgiving it too. Is like, I was, I was like desperate to like get to this good part. And, and it was, but it was just, I don't know. It was so weird. It, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the, the message of it, but I, I, it's criticisms are also harsh. They are sharp criticisms yeah. to, yeah. and it deserves them. So, yeah. Cool. So, Daniel, in the end, so we you paid twenty bucks for this. Mm-hmm. Was it worth twenty bucks? Uh, barely. Okay. Yeah, barely. Uh, I, you know, I I give it a very weak recommendation. It's good overall. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna change it on the fly. No, it's not worth twenty dollars. Okay. Don't don't spend twenty dollars. So if on this was it. on a just a regular streaming service, this comes to Netflix yeah. or Prime. Is it worth it? What I what I would say is, in a couple months, this will drop down to a normal rental mm-hmm. price. You know, they're doing this thing of twenty dollars for movies that would have been in theaters, mm-hmm. um, for first run movies. And so, wait until it's a normal rental pl- rental price, whatever, whatever that you know, five or six bucks. Um, I would say it's worth five or six bucks. Sure. I, I would say rent it for that. And of course, if it's on, on HBO or something like totally. that, then yeah, go for it. But, um, but yeah, otherwise. Uh, no, it's not worth twenty dollars. So, so wait a little bit for this one. Sure, and I'm honestly going to echo that. It's um, twenty bucks. 
if, if there had been more of us there, but it was me by myself watching it. So I spent 20 bucks to watch one movie and then it took way longer yet. That didn't, that didn't work for me. But I think, um, I think a good five, even a $10 rental, like I, I probably could have even justified that. That's what I would have paid to go to a theater. Um, yeah. but if it's, if it's on streaming, man, it's a Jed Apatow movie, which like for, for whatever flaws, it's still a good, it's a good movie. Um, yeah. go stream it. So, all right. Well, April is back to join us for our review of the five bloods. Black GI. Is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the soul brothers of the first infantry divisions. Be safe. All right, the IMDb description for The Five Bloods reads, Four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. Um, This was obviously directed by Spike Lee, and it stars Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., a bunch of other people that make their appearances, um... But yeah, this is the new Spike Lee film. This is his follow-up to Black Klansman. Mm. So um, I was very excited to hear about it. I actually didn't really hear about it until it was released. I don't know mm. marketing-wise. I, I knew that it was coming, but that was yeah. about it. I, I didn't know much about so, it either. So part of the reason for that is uh, obviously this is kind of like a an Oscar hopeful, right? Yeah. And so um, it, it was going to make a festival run. Oh. Um, in the fall, Makes sense. and just with all the craziness and not having other films out, they they made the decision to kind of bump its release up, release date up till June. They only announced, I can't remember exactly when they announced its June release date, but it was not long ago. It was like a month or so. Well, ago and was it always going to be Netflix too? Yeah, it was made. It was produced and made for Netflix, okay. but they were still going to do the uh, the festival run, gotcha. Oscar consideration, all that. So it still qualifies for Oscars. Yeah, for this one um, year. Mm. But but yeah, it didn't go to the festivals. Well, we said similar things about King of Staten Island. It was it had you know one festival date and then it it got pushed and then now it's you know now it was released online. Yep. True. It's a weird year. Strange. But anyway, back, back to, to the Five Bloods by Spike Lee. Um, yeah, I am very curious what you guys think uh, thought about this film. Um, I had a, a lot of thoughts about this film. It was not yeah. what I was expected at all, but yeah. I will save my opinions for when it's my turn. <laughs> so, Tyler, <laughs> why don't we start with you? What did you think about it? Well, first, it is, um, man, Spike Lee, whatever, whatever else we could say about him as a director, um, he is a challenging director, uh, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, this this guy doesn't put a film out that I can think of, at least, that is just easily digestible. Um, and I watched mm-hmm. it. It's we're recording this on Monday. I watched it, I think, Saturday night and mm-hmm. I'm still chewing on it. You know, I'm still really yeah. thinking, oh, man, not not in a did I like it or not? Because, man, uh, I loved it. I, I there's like the short answer is I loved it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't know how, how to f- like how else to feel about it. Um, it's certainly a timely release, um, you know, yeah. with the with the unrest that we've got going on, the protests that are going on, um, highlighting a chapter in uh, in African American history um, that is that is uh, quite often overlooked. Um, the which which would be the African American soldiers' experience in Vietnam, let alone any other war. Um, although he's done that before, um, didn't he? What's the name? Was it Miracle at Saint? Anna, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which was highlighting the um, 
the uh, black soldiers experience in World War Two. Um, so this isn't this is actually kind of thematically, you know, also on par for him on, on multiple levels. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. I'm sure we'll talk about more of, of why we loved it. Um, but the, the thing I want to highlight most, and I don't think I will be alone in talking about this, is Delroy Lindo's absolutely just like fourth wall breaking, mind blowing performance um, in this in this movie. I absolutely like I was in awe of Delroy Lindo throughout this entire movie. Um, he, he, mm. you know, we sort of get a heart of darkness kind of slowly going mad mm. thing going on with him. We've, we've got, or is he going mad? We, you know, we've got um, a guy dealing with the traumas of his past being abandoned by his country. Um, he gives a performance that um, it, it's the best performance I've seen of the year uh, so far, uh, bar none. And um, I'm, I just, I can't, say enough about how good he was and, and that made the movie for me um, I do think it's a bit long um, and mm-hmm. I think it's about 30 minutes too long um, I do think this should have been you know a good solid two hours I'm not looking for a you know a, a 90 minute movie but but it's a little yeah it's a little too long I feel like it's a little too bloated at times not not enough to make me really you know dislike it I just think yeah, it could have been tightened up but um, but yeah I absolutely um, I think this is an important movie for today. So, yeah, no, I I would definitely agree with that, and a lot of what you said. Um, so overall, would you say you're you're positive on it? That's what. Oh, I'm for gathering. sure, okay. absolutely, okay. yeah, it, positive and. But I would say you know don't much like we could probably say this about every Spike Lee movie. Um, don't go into this thinking this is just a war movie. This is a war movie that is um, it's it's set more in the present day than it is in the past, but it's mm-hmm. also. It's it's a challenging film um, that will challenge a lot of preconceptions that you have about the Vietnam War and and uh, just about what's going on today. So I, I think it's an important film. All right. Daniel, what do you think? Well, April, you said as you were introducing the film that this was not what you were expecting, and I fully agree. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if I had watched the trailer for it going in. Um, so, so I just assumed it was a typical Vietnam War movie, Same. Um, mm-hmm. uh, fully set in the war, all all of that. That that was my assumption going in. I had no idea that it was mostly set in present day, um, and I was really pleasantly surprised uh, by the film as a whole. Um, Tyler, you described it as a war film. I I wouldn't really describe it as a war film. There are war. You know, there are sequences of war, um, but the majority of this film is not that. Um, I would, this is, I would say, well, we can talk about this later. I would say that it's, it's still, it's a war film, but it is a war film that is not set during the war because these guys are sure. still dealing with what the war did to them. So it's, sure, it's of interesting. Course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a it's a meditation on yeah. the exploitation of black soldiers, uh, on, on PTSD, um, and it's a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is an adventure film, and more than more than a war film. True. And so the movie is messy for sure. I, I'm not going to try to pretend otherwise. Um, it's it, it's got a lot of ideas. It throws a lot of things at the wall. Not everything sticks. But a lot does. Mm-hmm. And so first and foremost, uh, echoing a lot of what Tyler said, the ensemble is is amazing as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone gets plenty of time to shine. Yeah. Of course, Delroy Lindo is is the standout. I mean, he, he has so much to work with from PTSD to being a Trump supporter to mm-hmm. descent into madness, all, all this stuff. He, he has so much going on and he, he crushes it. Um, but this film is just so full of energy and, and passion and it feels like a vital history lesson, but also being very present and Mm -hmm. current. 
Um, and and like I said, at the same time, it's an adventure movie. It's not. I wouldn't say it's fun exactly because it's it's a it's a fairly dark movie in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah, this is not Indiana Jones or something like that. Yeah. Right. But but there's a compelling nature to the adventure. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, especially because I didn't really know that going in. Um, it's got so many not really blatant re- I mean not really uh, hidden references to Apocalypse Now and oh, yeah. Treasure mm-hmm. of the Sierra Madre they go to a bar li- called Apocalypse Now <laughs> right and, yeah. they, and they literally they literally quote yeah. Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Madre. and it, it just feels it feels like a full on combination of the two I mean it's it's not very hidden it is those two movies combined um, adding adding Spike's voice on race mm-hmm. mixed into that so mm-hmm. like I said it's messy but the film has uh, you know so much going on and at the end of the day, the movie really worked for me. I agree with what Tyler said. It does feel a little long, um, you know, though with the, the epic scale. Mm-hmm. It's, been a, it's been a while since I've seen a good epic. And right. I think mm-hmm. this scratched that itch um, while also feeling incredibly timely. So, yeah, um, not, not going to try to defend the messiness or, or some of the issues that it, that it has. But I really, really like this movie, and it really worked for me. All right. So both of you are pretty positive on it um or i'd say positive on it not pretty positive oh, yeah. um yeah definitely yeah so i think i agree with with most of what both of you guys have said um i probably am so I, again i did not know what to expect it, this was mm-hmm. completely not what i was expecting at all um especially coming off of black Klansmen, i think i was expecting tonally something more in that realm um sure and yeah f- Okay, so first of all, the messaging in this is so relevant and perfect for everything that's going on today. Um, and uh, it's pretty educational, too, because it talks a lot about, um, you know, black history with um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the wartime and just how they were treated and what they were doing. And, and they used um, actual real-life footage from yeah. the yeah. war. And I that I found very interesting. It was kind of like having a little mini documentary mm-hmm. sprinkled in, which was cool. Um, although... Um, there were a couple very gory parts that were real that was like, oh, okay. I was not expecting that. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I guess my biggest issue with the film is it's, it's, it's my biggest issue, but it's also something that I appreciate about it is I, I feel like Spike Lee made some odd directing choices, which he usually does. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'd say half of them worked for me and half of them completely took me out of the film. Um because I, was, I was more thinking like, oh my gosh, what is this? What's happening? Why did he choose this? Um, but that being said, I can appreciate that, the, you know, not most directors don't have the guts to pull off a movie like this. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it was a complete, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Anyway, it didn't completely ruin it for me, is what I'm saying. But it, mm-hmm. it did take me out. I, I thought tonally the movie was very strange. Um, it's It started off, and I thought it was going to be kind of more of a lighthearted, like, bucket list type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would it'd get – you'd be kind of laughing, and then it would get real dark real fast and real gory really fast out of nowhere. Um, and I'm not really a gore person. So that was, like, oh, kind of hard for me. Um <laughs> And there was this one scene, I don't know if y'all thought about it, but the score in the film, I would say mostly worked, but there were a couple times, I was like, what is this music? There's like one scene of them on a mountain, and it's it sounded like Jurassic Park. Like, my husband thought the same thing. I was like, sounds like, this is, this sounds like um, music from Jurassic Park, like they were about to see dinosaurs or something. I don't know if y'all thought that, but... 
Hmm. Uh, oh. No, I, I can't say I noticed that. I, no. I noticed, I loved the score across the board, but I, I couldn't say I noticed that part. Oh, well, anyway, maybe it's just me. But anyway, all that to say is I thought the acting was great. Um, the messaging was great. I do agree that it was a little bit long. There were some scenes that I, and shots, I think just lingered a little, a little long. Um, but other than that, it is definitely a great film overall and very timely. And I appreciate it. I don't think I could watch it again just because of, it's just not really my typical style of film, but I appreciate it. It was definitely well done. This is my gist. So, so what did y'all think of the um, the flashback Vietnam set scenes with Chadwick Boseman? Oh yes, and how they were still all of the old. older. Yeah, what I, did y'all think? That go ahead, Tom. Go. Uh, I I at first uh, hated it and thought it was stupid, and I was like, oh, and then no, sorry, I I thought it was lazy at first, and then I was like, oh no, this is actually really fantastic so so to be to be very clear like what, what daniel's saying is you know we do get these two timelines and most of it is set in the present day but quite often it's set you know in in the 60s you know during during the vietnam war and um we've got a young chadwick boseman who how old is he is he 35 or something I mean, something I like that yeah like so young young chadwick boseman set against you know delroy lindo and, and these other guys who are in their late 60s um early 70s um and they are playing 20 year old soldiers um but they don't de-age them this isn't the irishman this there's no you know they didn't recast them um there's you know 60 70 year old men playing 20 year old um soldiers in vietnam i i really was taken out of it at first and then i thought man this is what a way to to say that this like to depict how this war is still with them and how they are still living it in their, you know, whether it's in their in their different ways, whether it's through PTSD or just through their memories, I absolutely loved it. But it did take some getting used to because I didn't know that was coming. So I don't know if, mm-hmm. if it would have been different if I had known it was coming. But So I, I feel it. like he did a pretty good job of most of the shots that were on Chadwick were just on him. Mm-hmm. And they kept yes. the older guys out. And so mm-hmm. when they did it like that, it worked for me a little bit more. But the shots of them all together, every, every time it took me out of it. So, um, but, but also a way of depicting, though, that he didn't live past that age, you know? But they mm-hmm. did that. Oh, I just I, the more that I think about that, I, I really like it. But I agree with you. It like you don't. And that's not a spoiler, by the way. That we know that right. from the start of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. The, it's it's one of those things that like I didn't think about it until they're put in juxtaposition with one another. Until you're right, they're all in a, a picture mm-hmm. together with him, and it's like oh, ooh, yeah. Okay, I notice it now. But I think I still love the choice. It's a bold choice. Yeah. Um, is I, I don't think anyone else would ever make that choice. Um, but kudos to Spike Lee because it, it's I would not have said it would worked uh, would have worked and it did. So yeah, I, I it actually worked for me uh, as well because I, I think the direction was really strong in the way it was shot. Uh, first of all, the cinematography in the Vietnam set scenes is phenomenal. It is yes. shot. Uh, like a documentary from that era, high contrast, dark mm-hmm. shadows. It is. It looks. It looked really excellent. It looked like it was from that era, and so so that that helped because the high contrast, dark shadows helped to sort of mask it a little bit. But then the shots, uh, I guess the direction and editing, um, really rarely put the focus 
on the older guys. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. um, honestly, it really didn't take me out of it, especially even like, um, during the, there's, you know, a firefight, uh, in, during, during one section and, and these, you know, 70 year old guys are running around and, and shooting. And I never, honestly, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me at all that they didn't feel their age, mm-hmm. uh, or I mean, uh, the age that they were supposed to be. Um, I much preferred this to, to the Irishman's terrible yes. visual effects, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, and I think the Irishman is a great film, but but that the, the terrible effects in the Irishman, which were so front and center, took me out of the film so much more than this. And mm-hmm. of course, there's a lot more of it in the Irishman than this, but yeah. still, um, it just it didn't take me out nearly as much. So so yeah, it 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 worked for me. It's a very unconventional and and odd choice, but in the end, I think it paid off. There, it was a risk high risk and uh, i think it, it paid off well, this was one of those directing choices that didn't quite work for me but i do appreciate sure. it um so yeah i i was yeah i mean spike lee's spike style is not you're right i mean you you're right in what you said i mean his style is often um unique and different and makes choices that you know other people wouldn't make i mean black klansman which for the record i love that's yes. that was i think my second favorite film of 2018 um that that is probably his one of his most commercially uh true uh, what am i trying to say one, one like of the most, most mainstream, mainstream films yeah yeah like he doesn't make ad, very many odd choices it's very accessible and so um that and maybe inside man i would say are, are two of his most uh, i always forget inside man is films. his yeah exactly because it doesn't feel like a spike Film. I mean, it's great. It's yeah. a great movie. But, but yeah. So anyway. So yeah. I, I I think this returned to some of his more bombastic choices. But um, and I, I agree. Not all of them work. Um, but for instance, the fourth wall breaking towards the oh, end. Man. Oh It's yeah. a it's a risky choice, but that was amazing. Yeah, that was that was, King was very level. powerful. Yeah. That was that was King Lear level. That was Shakespearean. This yeah. guy mm-hmm. descending mm-hmm. into madness, speaking like in monologue, in soliloquy. To yeah. the camera. Oh my gosh. It just so good. So and the fist amazing. in the air. Mm-hmm. So good. It was just great. It's really great. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about the opening uh, with like the um, the cards, uh, like basically the, the little vignettes of that of documentary footage of, of actual footage of, of things going on in, like around the Vietnam War and unrest and um, Dr. King and things like that. I mean, I, I appreciated it. I felt mm-hmm. it put you in the right headspace for what you were about mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. Because it was yeah, it's totally longer agree. than normal, so it, like right. not instead of just a quick, here's a stage setting. It's it's like the first. I, I didn't go back and look, but it felt like felt like the first fifteen minutes or so. Um, I don't think it was that long. Was it, that it was long? probably it was probably like five minutes. It, it was good. Yeah. I, I loved it. Um, I think that was a definitely just makes you realize too. I, I think one of the most. Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler because I don't think you can really spoil this. But there's a scene where you see it's a, one of the flashbacks where you they have the subtitles of what the Vietnamese soldiers are saying. And it's just like run of the mill, your everyday family kind of conversation, like about, yeah. they're talking about some poem um, yep. before, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but before they all die <laughs> from, from, yeah. from, from, from mm-hmm. gut explosions. But that just, it just shows you how like just pointless that type of war yeah. is. Cause there's good yeah. people on both sides and a lot of them don't even, really have a stake in the actual war of what's right. going on. It's the government's, you know, pinning people against each other. Yeah, um, I thought that was a great touch. Yep. Yes. Exactly for the reasons you're saying. It's it's like these aren't like evil masterminds, right, right that they're going to kill. Like they're just dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just with families, with kids who are just 
you know, defending their country yep. for reasons they probably don't really know, just like these guys didn't really know why they were there. Like, it was, uh, I think it really highlighted that in a very simple, understated way. That wasn't like a point they were trying to hammer home. It was right. like a, just a brief moment that really worked. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I thought I thought it was brilliant. And there were several other moments, too, that just had, that were just kind of brilliant like that. And it had a lot of great, um, like, individual scenes that kind of made you think, oh, my gosh, that really had, like, introspective to really ponder just much bigger things than the actual movie. What, um, so one of the criticism that, that I gave earlier on was the, um, was its length, right? It feels a little bit bloated, but I can't think of where I would say to cut. Can you guys, where, where would you say to cut without being spoilery? Well, I I remember there being a couple scenes like of them on the mountain, um, it was before they went to another scene that just like actual shots that just seemed too long. I feel Mm -hmm. like you could have cut. I just feel like the, a lot of the shots lingered yeah. where they could have yeah, cut, yeah. you know, halfway from how long it actually sure. should. Just trimmed. Yeah. Here yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think it needed to be, I, I don't think um, there are big plot points that need to be cut. Right. I think really it just needed to be tightened. I, I think that was very intentional. Uh, I don't think that was a mistake. I think he was going for, I mean, I heard him describe on, on the unspooled podcast. I heard Spike Lee describe the film as he, he was going for a David lean epic, right? Like Lawrence mm. of Arabia style. That's what he wanted to, wanted to make. I think in a lot of ways, he he succeeded but i think because he was aiming for that epic uh style mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times those films have kind of a lax lackadaisical kind of pace yeah and so because of that i think he was just letting it linger let's just hang in this moment but really i think this would have been uh i think a tight pace would have really helped this film mm-hmm. move along better mm-hmm. but but that to me that's a minor complaint because um, I don't think the pacing was so off. I just agree with exactly what April said that it could have just been tightened up a little bit. Sure. Right. Well, it felt like a little bit more like Apocalypse Now in that way. I, I agree. I think that's yeah. where you're going. Yeah. Apocalypse Now, there's a lot of just drifting on the water, you know, and, and mm-hmm. things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what he was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to highlight, uh, obviously, Delroy Lindo is, is just the, the the best in the film, no question. But mm-hmm. I also love Jonathan Majors. Um, he's just so, so good. He plays his son. Yeah. Um, he was amazing. He he probably should have gotten some better awards attention for The Last Black Man last year, um, where he's amazing. But uh, I think he just does a really, really solid job being the young guy on the team there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I think he's a really good presence. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Do we want do do we need to go into spoilers or? I don't uh, think there's anything not, deep to spoil yeah. in it, but I. Yeah. I, could be I mean, right. I think there is stuff that you can spoil, well, like, but not, like, I, I don't think we really need to discuss for it. a whole yeah. section. Yeah. 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 Um, I I I love. I already mentioned the cinematography in the war scenes, but I think the cinematography as a whole is really yeah. strong. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, you know, when they first, uh, well, how do I want to say this? Don't spoil anything. Um. When when they first, you know, are, are searching for something, they're digging in the ground, um, there's just this low-angle, wide shot of all five men just, like, looking as they're digging in the ground with mountains mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. It was just stunning. And that that's when it kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh, this is this is an epic, yeah. right? This is that, that big, grand-scale kind of film. And, uh, yeah, it just really worked for me. We didn't really mention also that um, – Paul Walter Hauser is in this. Yeah, um, there's there is kind of a whole subplot with with a mm-hmm. few other characters. Um, that that f- did feel a little um, unnecessary. I'm not sure that they that's need the addition of the those part. Characters. It's that where they they meet a uh, um, a landmine disposal yeah. team. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, again, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the landmine disposal team who is entirely incompetent. 
at doing right, that job, yes. right? Yeah, um, very much. So. Which which I think is also just an interesting that's an interesting thing to dwell on of of you get these these NGO you know people who who basically mm-hmm. want to use an NGO to to kind of travel the world, um, I, which right, I didn't right. see was was what I think they were genuine, they were earnest in there, but I think that might have been Spike Lee's point of like these these kind of untrained people who are doing who are just off in the middle of Asia yeah. because they can. Um, and so that was, it was an interesting thing, but that, that is a plot line that could have been cut. I think is like, okay, what's the point? Even the whole scene where they finally interact with the guys and mm-hmm. what transpires there felt, uh, I, I felt like I didn't quite understand. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess the one guy going crazy would make sense, but I didn't quite understand some of mm-hmm. the character decisions that they made in the film, but yeah, Maybe it's just because sure. we didn't really we didn't really know them up until this trip. There was not really right, a lot of right. backstory on who they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it kind of it. Yeah, kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we move on? I don't think so. I, I really yeah. enjoy it. It's it's yeah. messy, but like I I really do recommend mm-hmm. the film, especially if you like. Yeah, like we said, the two films that are just blatant there, Apocalypse yeah. Now and Treasure of the Sierra Madre, if that's if you're looking for kind of a modern version of that with some Spike Lee mixed in, mm-hmm. um, I think this is a, a really solid movie. Yep. All right, well, let's just go around and give our recommendations really quick. Um, the Five Bloods is playing on Netflix, so um, just say if you think they sh- if it's worth the watch or if it's not worth the watch. Um, and I guess if you want to do your if this wasn't theater thing, you can do that too. Uh, Tyler. Well, yeah, if, if this was in theaters, if theaters were open, uh, I'd say, yeah, go see it. This is, this is like Daniel was saying, this, the cinematography is great. You know, the, the, just the in your face acting. I, like I watched, I watched just because of where I was, I, I watched, um, uh, the movie on a, on a smaller screen, not on like a laptop, but it was a, it was like a, a small TV. It wasn't the best, the best thing. And like Jonathan, uh, uh, uh Danny, why well, I can't say his name, Delroy Lindo's, um, face in like in my face would have been so crazy on you know a huge screen oh yeah so that, for you know sure. um so so all that to say if this was on a uh, on a theater a theatrical run go see it but otherwise man get the biggest screen you can and watch this um with the sound turned up all right daniel yeah i totally agree i wish i had seen this in theaters that would have been a really great experience um you know i i'm glad that they released it now mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. uh because it just really feels very timely and and uh, so I think it was a good decision. Absolutely, you should watch this film. It is a great watch. It's a little long, but I think it's worth your time. And I agree. I think it is worth your time. So that is three positive reviews nice. from the screener. So go check that out, The Five Bloods on Netflix. And now we're going to do our top three movies that have digits in the title. Three, two, one. The top three. All right, we are diving into our top three. Uh, our subject for the evening is based on Defy Bloods, of course, uh, which is top three films that have digits in the title. All right, so normally we do like a genre or a <laughs> plot point or something, but hey, we decided to do something a little bit different, and uh, I am glad for it. So we're just going to dive right in with our number three picks. So April, what is your number three movie with a digit in the title? Well, going with uh, Judd Apatow here, uh, <laughs> theme-wise, and that is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Nice, nice. Just a classic. That's great. Yep. You tied into the movie that yes. you didn't even see. I know, <laughs> I, like I know, but I was self-aware. I, like I was aware. 
<laughs> no, that's a great pick, though. That's hilarious. Uh, all right, Tyler, what's your number three pick? I was I want to be very very good about this too, and not have like they had to actually be digits, not yes. the word spelled mm-hmm. out, right? So we're we're all we're all clear about that. Uh, my number three pick was uh, although I did consider the forty year old virgin. Um, my number three pick was Assault on Precinct Thirteen, the John Carpenter, the original version, mm. um, which is. Man, if you haven't seen that, that is a thrill ride. It's it's a tight like I don't even minutes. think I've heard of that. Oh, it was his. <laughs> I think it was his first film, and it's the huh. thing that got that like let him even get Halloween get made and stuff. It's just, man, it's a good film. It's it's just a, uh, a police a police station has uh, is on the verge of being shut down, and these this gang like wave after wave of this gang attack it. It's it's just wow. really good. Awesome. Nice. Uh, all right, so my number three pick. Well, first my my rules. Yeah, I actually did make strict rules for this one, which I don't normally do. Um, I I agreed with what Tyler said. This is digits in the title, not numbers, yep. right? So, uh, so that eliminated some things. One flew over the cuckoo's nest and yep. and things like that. It's got to be a digit. And then the the other thing that also eliminated some big ones was it, I didn't want to pick anything that just used a number as a sequel, right? Yeah. So oh, Spider Man two or three. I I took those out because that felt cheap. So it's movie. It's a digit in the genuine title, not just as a sequel additive, right? Yeah. So, uh, so there we go. So that's that's what we did. And also, if you've listened to this show for any period of time, you already know what my number one pick is going <laughs> to <exactly>. be. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm sorry for being boring and repetitive, but that's where I am. All right. So uh, it's still it's still my number one pick. All right. But so number three is United ninety three. Ooh. Mm, uh, that's yeah. Good. So it's a tragic tragic movie, and it'll make you cry without fail. But it's just it's uh, it is really well directed. And uh, it's kind of a vital watch, I think. So, United 93. All right. right, Back to you, April. What is your number two film with a digit in the title? Well, going a little old school, back to the 90s. Some classic Tom Hanks with Apollo 13. Mm. Nice. I almost did that one, too. So good. good. I did do that one. That is also my number two. I'm going out of order here. Yeah. Spoilers. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a classic. (laughs) It is. No doubt. It's like patriotic without being like oh. over the top about it. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, really solid pick. Nice. All right, Tyler, what is your number two pick? Well, I also went Judd Apatow with mine, but because I suspected that somebody else would do the 40-year-old virgin, and honestly, it's my least favorite Apatow, which is not, not maybe wow. overall, but it's it's a, it's in my lower. Um, oh. I, I went, uh, this is 40, which I really loved, and I think is You underrated. like this is 40 better than the 40-year-old virgin? 100% mm. I do. Hmm. Huh. I, the 40 year old version never captured me it, it was it's so weird like my college years are basically just defined by Judd Apatow movies coming out and the 40 year old version I think was like one year earlier than when I got into it and it just hmm. didn't it just didn't capture me I don't dislike it I don't hate it or anything it's just it never got me the way like Knocked Up or other ones did so yeah but I love This is 40 because it's also a, a sequel to my favorite Judd Apatow which is Knocked Up all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I disagree fine. with I'm, those. But. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really. I'm, I'm not really. I, it's fine. I'm yeah. I know. It's fine. I don't dislike this is 40, but uh, yeah. yeah, that one definitely didn't capture me either. Uh, anyway. Well, cool. Uh, all right. So I already gave my number two. It is Apollo 13. So there we go. All right. We are to our number one picks. We're flying through this Love here. Uh, so, April, what is your number one film? with a digit in the title well this is in my top films of all time so daniel you're gonna love it and if chad were here we're gonna he'd match be up hating. here yep we're gonna match up and of course it's 500 days of summer 
Yes. I love it. Love yes. it. So good. Nice. I wonder if we matched up or not. I'm not going to answer that. I have no so, idea. <laughs> so, Tyler, what is your number one? Uh, what's your number one pick? Well, basically, because I was pretty sure that some people would pick 500 Days of Summer, I just I left it out, um, and kind of it's an unspoken. It's 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 up there because it's it's such hmm. a phenomenal movie. Um, so I, that was I should have said that was one of my rules, but that's that's what fine. The other one, this would be in my top. I don't know if top, it's not top ten, but probably this would be in my top 50 movies of all time. Uh, ten things I hate about you is hmm. I that is. Like that's like my high school uh, movie, like defining movie. I just I absolutely loved it. It's it's a Shakespeare adaptation. It's so very '90s, uh, and it's just I love it. I think it's it's absolutely a fantastic, fun, funny movie and a great Heath Ledger performance. You know, I just watched that for the first time, like uh, not long after Disney Plus launched. So within oh, the is past it on there? Few months. Yeah, it is. Oh. So uh, yeah, and I gotta say, I I we kind of put it on like. I was prepared to not really pay attention to it. I was just like, eh, this is probably something I should I should have watched by now. I yeah. just kind of put it on. And I really enjoyed that movie oh, yeah. a lot. I was really surprised oh, yeah. by how much I enjoyed that. It's it was, so quotable. It's Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> clever, really well written. I was I was genuinely surprised by how much I liked that movie. Yep. It's it a good, good one. All What's right. yours, um, Daniel? What's it going to be? <laughs> uh, it is indeed 500 Days of Summer. Yes. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. I, I put that on lists like I feel like every month <laughs> I've got it on a list on this show. But uh, look, it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, top one or top two. So, um, I you know, it's naturally going to land on a lot of top lists here. So, nice. so there you go. And genuinely, so I, when I suggested this thing for, for a top three, I... Uh, I genuinely didn't even think about 500 Days of Summer. The, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, man, my number one's going to be so obvious. It's going to be Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I know, but it's spelled out. It's spelled it's out. It's spelled out. I know. I thought and the so same I was thing. And so I was telling my wife that. I was like, yeah, it, Ocean's Eleven is obviously going to be my number one. She goes, uh, 500 Days of Summer? I go, oh, oh, wait. <laughs> yep. you, I would have roasted you if you forgot about 500 Days of Summer. Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, did you guys have honorable mentions? April? Oh, yes. Hold on. I wrote them down. Where are they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So some honorable mentions are <clears throat> 21 Jump Street, 13 nice. Going on 30, 300, mm. and then a documentary that I just watched recently, which is 13th. Nice. Ooh, nice. which I need to watch. That's on my list to you watch. You need soon. to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Tyler? Oh, yeah. Uh, and some of them we've named already. Apollo 13, that, that was on there. Uh, Super 8. Uh, yeah. 12 Angry Men, Friday the 13th, 28 12 Angry later. Men, I believe, is spelled out. I think I checked it. I could double... T- oh, I, really? Yeah, I, oh, okay. I checked it. Um, gotcha. Gone in 60 seconds, 50-50. I, was, I, I almost did 50-50 yeah. just because it was all digits, but, uh, <laughs> but I decided not to. And then... Uh, and punctuation. And, <laughs> and proper punctuation. <laughs> uh, and then one, actually, that Daniel just introduced me to not long ago that I, I'm surprised it's not on your list, Daniel, is Short Term 12. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't even think really about Short Term 12. Fantastic movie. Dang yeah. it. That would have been yeah. in my... Okay, whatever. Short Term 12 great. <laughs> great movie. Yeah, I have a lot of those. Definitely Short Term 12. Uh, I had Super 8. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 Years a Slave uh, oh, yeah. is on there. Great movie. 127 Hours yep. I love as well. And then 7, which spelled out both oh it does yeah. have the number no, in it yeah, it has a number it. it has oh. a number yeah or a digit i yep. think i just glanced at the poster i didn't even think yep. about that yep. yep it's s-e seven the digit seven yep. e-n seven <laughs> i probably would have picked seven. if i had thought about that so i probably would have picked it just for that <laughs> yeah yeah 
So, uh, yeah, I, I really was going to put Ocean's Eleven on, and I was like, oh, wait, it's no digits. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, same with Sixth Sense and, yep. uh, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like I already said. All right. Well, there you go. Those are our top three movies with digits in the title. Let us know what we missed. You know, we didn't have um, any of the fast, like Fast Five. I had or, Furious um, Seven there for a little while. I was gonna. Yeah, because it's like it's a sequel additive, yep, but it's also I, like a different thing, yep. a stupider thing. So <laughs> um, I almost went you know, too we, fast, too furious, just because. Yeah, that's ridiculous. you know, that's, <laughs> I would have counted that yep. with my rules, but also the movies really just terrible so (laughs) i uh it's uh almost made my list um so yeah so there you go let us know what we missed let us know what your favorite movies with digits in the title are and as always let us know what you think about the movies we talked about let us know if you liked king of staten island was it worth the 20 dollars for you and did you like defy bloods where does that rank with other spike lee films uh that you enjoy all right we will see you for our next episode and that's a wrap You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.